This is a week that a lot of us have been dreading since the beginning of the year. Week nine is here. The heaviest bye week of the 2022 college football season. 36 FBS teams on a bye. Nearly a quarter of the entire FBS week nine buys. My name is Joe DeSalvo, the voice of the CFF site. And, you know, I'm recording this on Tuesday night. So, you know, here's the advantage of of having so many buys this week. It does cut down on time to to get those projections done a little earlier. So I've got the projections done. Just need to revise them, you know, with, with getting them done so early in the week. We're still going to wait to post them late Wednesday, early Thursday, just because we get news over the next 24, 36 hours. And instead of updating and editing the projections, we can just go ahead and upload them with minimal minimal updates between Thursday and Saturday. But there's a lot to get into because you guys, I know a lot of you all, look, week nine is here. For some of you all, two weeks of the regular season remain in your league. For some, three, depending if you play a two or three-week playoff. And so, you know, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago that we were heading into the back stretch of the season. This is the home stretch now. Whether you've, uh, you know, whether you've got a couple of weeks left or three weeks left in your regular season, a lot of you guys out there, uh, really, really tough week right now for you guys needing a win with 36 teams on buys. I know that there's going to be a lot of juggling right now. And so here's something that I'll that I'll throw out there that, that some of you guys need to be aware of. So for you all trying to make the playoffs, you know, that struggling to, to, to nail down a playoff spot in some of your leagues. You know, this is a this is a week where you're going to have to take some chances. Maybe you take a flyer on a sleeper that might might be available to try to fill a void in your roster to maybe take down, you know, maybe one of the top teams who have, you know, a number of players on buys this week. You know, a lot of the top teams in a week like this are vulnerable. So if you're in a must-win situation, particularly against one of the better teams in your league, this is probably one of the better weeks to catch them even if you have to play the waiver wire. Now, if you're one of the top teams in your league, this is a great week for you. Maybe you're up against a team, you know, you know, maybe you've got some some good players on buys and and you're a little more vulnerable uh to get beat in your league, but also this is a big week to pay attention what finds its way onto the waiver wire in your free agent pool by the weekend because there's a lot of desperate teams in leagues this week with so little time left between your league playoffs. Uh, and right now, there might be a couple of players here or there uh, that could be potentially week-to-week starters that find their way into the waiver pool because, uh, because they're on a bye. Maybe they're injured. And the teams that are playing right now, fighting for survival, contenders for a playoff spot, They've got to fill the void in their rosters. And so, you know, for you guys that are doing particularly well in your league, now's the time to keep an eye out on that waiver wire. Pay attention to who gets dropped. Really key right now if you're sitting at the top of your leagues because I know that's going to happen quite a bit. And then also for you guys that are fighting for the roster spots, you know, make a break. Some guys, you know, need to win two, three straight. I've got emails. Some, you know, I've got to win probably two, three straight just to make the playoffs. So a whole bunch of different scenarios playing itself out. That's the great thing about, uh, you know, staying in contact with a lot of you guys via email or DM through the Discord. You know, there's a lot of scenarios to play out. We've got some guys that are doing exceptionally well. Some guys are struggling this year. Some guys right there in the middle of the pack. 
Uh, so every year around this time of the year, I see it, you know, the emails, the messages, we've got some surviving, we've got some really holding on to those top spots, building roster depth from here on out. But this week, tough week, 36 teams on buys. Uh, this show probably will be a little bit shorter than most just because we don't have a lot of, excuse me, a lot of games to get into as we usually do. But there's a lot of notes that I have here in front of me. And, and you know, because we're so early in the week doing the show, and like I said, this this may not get up to Tuesday until Thursday, there may be some time between when I'm recording this now on a Tuesday evening and getting it up loaded maybe on Wednesday night, late Wednesday night, where maybe we get some news over the 24 hours. But I'm going to get it up there as quick as possible, upload it on the site. So we've got a little as a little downtime as possible between this show and when you've got a chance, you know, when you have a chance to make the decisions on your roster. A lot of what we're going to cover is just really questions, uh, things that I really like, maybe some sleepers here or there and some areas where we need to be careful keep a watch out for injuries because not only are the buys here, but we've got so many players that are questionable going into this week. It really makes it difficult for you guys because for those scheduling to, you know, to, to make the playoffs in some of your fantasy leagues. Now, you know, not only are you navigating buys over the biggest buy week of the 2022 college football season, but you're navigating injuries as well. And we're going to give you a few names as well to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, so we're going to do that. The four and one super fantasy league. I'm going to go ahead and take a pass this week, trying to get everything up as soon as possible. So I still have to do some things on the back end of that league this week. So, you know, let's just jump right into it. Week nine. Let's start with the group of five conferences. And, you know, the first one that I want to jump into is really just the, the American athletic conference. And it's sort of a combination between that and the independence, because when you look at that ECU Going on the road, playing BYU. BYU's really beat up right now. Gunnar Romney didn't play in the last game. We've already gotten word that Christopher Brooks running back for BYU. He's out. Cody Epps, the wide receiver as well, won't play. And so that really probably gives ECU a really good chance on the road at BYU this week. But pay attention if you have some BYU players. Obviously good if you have Puka Nakoa, who has been really tearing it up over the last couple of games. But be careful if you're holding on to some BYU assets. Uh, another note in the American Conference, South Florida on going on the road to play at Houston. Why is that an important? Because Brandon Campbell was actually relegated uh, to the bench after his fumble last week. That really opened the door for Stacey Sneed, who had a 100-yard game. And so now owners are kind of thrown into a quandary with, you know, if you have any part of that running back situation about going into this matchup, um, you know, in Houston against South Florida. So something to be aware of right there. I don't really have a lean one way or the other if Campbell retains that job or with Snead playing so well if they give him a chance. But uh, it's really, really touch and go situation. And, you know, one of those situations where you're really just going to have to make a call. Maybe we get a feel for, you know, some pregame reports who's taking first team snaps. Uh, but as far as I know, I don't think either guy is injured, but with with Snead uh, really just kind of showing out last week, that really puts in doubt Brandon Campbell if you have him and you've been starting him every week. I mentioned this last week, you know, touching on SMU at Tulsa. I mean, Tulsa was disappointing last week in that game at Temple, but SMU's beat up a little bit themselves. We mentioned last week that Rasheed Rice, obviously there's some things going on with him. 
Um, you know, his numbers have been low over the last couple of weeks. There's also some rumblings that maybe Preston Stone may get a start at quarterback. So have a feeling there's going to a lot to a lot to unpack over the next 48 hours over at SMU, but certainly something to be aware of. And then the other matchup I think that is important to note is Cincinnati going on the road playing at Central Florida. For you fantasy owners of John Rise Plumley, uh, last week, big disappointment, one of his worst, maybe the second worst or the worst fantasy performance, fantasy output by him last week. I don't think I don't think things will get any easier this week against that Cincinnati defense. And even though they're playing at Central Florida, I have um, some hesitation on John Rice Plumley this week. And I think if I had him maybe in a two quarterback league, I'd possibly possibly weigh my options there. I'm a little nervous for John Rice Plumley, so throwing up the warning sign on him this week against that Cincinnati defense. Nothing really pops out to me much over in Conference USA. I do have some injury notes. The one thing that that I do want to add is that I put the jinx on Ari Broussard last week. I mentioned that he had scored a touchdown in every game he had played in this year. And then, of course, he fumbles at the one-yard line. And then I think Luke McCaffrey sort of got the goal line carries after that. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Are they going to give McCaffrey some more touches around the goal line? And will he become more of a goal line guy? So that's something to be aware of and really good news if you have receiver Luke McCaffrey. In regards to injury notes over in Conference USA, here, here you go. Parker, Parker McNeil for Louisiana Tech left the game last week. Uh, Matthew Downing actually left the game last week as well. I think as it stands, Matthew Downing probably has a better chance to play this week than Parker McNeil. So keep an eye on that one because Louisiana Tech does have a good matchup at Florida International. And so if you are in a dilemma at quarterback and we can get some clarity at that position and who's going to start for Louisiana Tech, that may be a place to look at if you're in a deep FBS league. And then Griffin Abair, the tight end, who's been really good for them all year. He did not play last game, so keep an eye out for him. Uh, another uh, Kai Robichaux, the running back for Western Kentucky, he did not play last game. So, you know, monitor that situation. And I'm going to throw a few of these out there because with all the bye weeks that are going on, some of these names are going to be significant. Um, and then Dylan Hopkins for UAB left the game last week with a concussion. The reason why I mentioned that is that Jacob Zeno came in and replaced him. Not that Jacob Zeno uh, would be a big fantasy replacement. But the thing that's interesting is that Jacob Zeno actually had six carries for 14 yards last week. And I'm wondering with a little bit more dual threat ability at that quarterback spot, how that affects Dwayne McBride. But look, a little foreshadowing right here. Dwayne McBride's still going to be at the top of the running back rankings going into this week. And so that's sort of the news and notes from uh, Conference USA as we tackle the group of five conferences. I mentioned the independence already with BYU. I'll touch on Notre Dame when we get to that matchup over in the ACC with Syracuse. And then the uh, the, uh, um, uh, the running back, Devontae Euston for Connecticut. He did not play last game, and I would assume that he's still going to be out this week. So let's hop over into the MAC conference because we're in and out really quick, and there are only two games on the MAC slate. But I really think that there's two important notes in these uh, uh, from these two matchups. One, Quarterback Blaine Gabbert for Miami of Ohio returned last week. So much like I mentioned with the Louisiana Tech quarterback situation, 
If you're in need of a quarterback this week, Brett Gabbert, not a bad selection. Going against Akron's defense this week, might want to take a flyer on him. And then also injury news on Toledo quarterback Dequan Finn. It looks like he's a little bit more day-to-day. Fantasy owners really have to be on their toes with that one because Finn, uh, you know, as far as projections have him pre-injury, you know, he's somewhere in there top 12 to 15, if I remember right off the top of my head, in regards to quarterback fantasy projections for week nine. But that would be a big blow to fantasy owners if Daquan Finn is not able to play this weekend in that matchup against Eastern Michigan. So you've got to be on your toes for that one. Let's go over to the Mountain West Conference. Really, the only thing that jumps, well, there's a couple. Okay, so let's just mention this. From from a matchup standpoint, from I know in regards to knowing who's playing, fantasy owners of Titus Sven have to feel really good after his three-touchdown performance last week. I know there was a lot of doubt moving forward with him, but after his three-touchdown performance last week, I'm sure fantasy owners have a lot of confidence moving forward in that matchup on the road at Hawaii this week. In regards to injury news, Jake Hayner for Fresno, will he return? Questionable, right? Still haven't seen him. It's been a number of weeks. You had George Halani, the running back from Boise State. He didn't play last game. His backup, Ashton Genty, he left last game with an injury. So we've got to get some injury updates on them this week as we get through the uh through, you know, closer to uh the games and then obviously Shane Illingworth replaced Nate Cox at quarterback for Nevada. Not that that really means much to anyone, but like I said, on a big bye week, every injury is going to count. And then, of course, still no Josh Kelly, the wide receiver at Fresno State. So those are the injury news out of the Mountain West Conference, at least from the ones that I have right now. And the you know the matchups there, um, you know, the Titus Fenn was really the one that I wanted to concentrate on right there. And then let's round out. The group of five conferences will finish up over in the Sun Belt. Nothing really jumps out at me in regards to the Sun Belt, in regards to matchups. It kind of like what you see is what you get. It was nice to see Cameron Peoples, uh, you know, really come back from his injury and really have a big game last week. Uh, Chris Smith, the running back for Louisiana, he has now missed the last two games due to injury. Uh, Caston, the wide receiver for USM, he did not. He didn't play last game. Keep an eye on that. Zach Koontz, the tight end for Old Dominion, he's missed the last two games. Uh, the two running backs for Arkansas State, Sneed and Lang, both missed the last game. Or Lang, I think, was injured in the beginning, maybe on the kickoff. So Arkansas State could be down two quarterbacks. James Blackman, last I saw, he was probably going to play this week. But Arkansas State going into that matchup against South Alabama banged up. And then obviously Henry Columby, the quarterback for Marshall, he didn't play last game and Marshall gets Coastal Carolina at home. And speaking of Marshall, all all that Kalen LeBourne did last week is just prove that he is schedule proof going up against that James Madison, number one, statistically number one rush defense in the nation last uh, going into last week. They still are. But LeBorn was able to get his numbers last week, punch in two scores and get over 100 yards on the ground. So against that James Madison defense, LeBorn went for 151 and two. And so he is obviously a must start. And uh, he lived up to the projections last week. But that's going to do it for the group of five conferences. Let's get into the 
power five conferences, uh, you know, whether or not that, you know, we, we don't really have a lot of matchups. I think when, when Penn state OSU and Kentucky, Tennessee sort of highlight the whole college football schedule, it's a little ho-hum week this week. Thank goodness for college fantasy football, because that's really what makes weeks like this really interesting. But I mentioned that I wanted to touch on the Notre Dame when we get uh, into the ACC because Audric Esteem, I think he put the ball on the grass for the third time in four games. I don't think he saw another carry after that. And then Logan Diggs went big. I, I don't have his numbers in front of me. I didn't make a note of it, but just referencing, referencing them real quick. 28 carries for 130 yards last week against UNLV. Obviously, Syracuse represents a stiffer test. Um, you know, but we did see that Syracuse defense get exposed a little bit on the ground in the second half against Clemson. And so I do think that Logan Diggs looks like maybe that he's moved into that running back one spot and maybe the running back to have for Notre Dame right now moving forward. And then really just wanted to make a note of the Miami-Virginia game because what a mess Miami is right now. And so uh, I know Tyler Van Dyke last week, I believe he got injured. Uh, he's questionable going into the week. Uh, Thaddeus Franklin, the running back, did not play last game. We'll see if he returns. You had Tyon Evans for Louisville staying in the uh, ACC. He didn't play last game. Devin Leary, quarterback for NC State, obviously out for the year. Keyshawn King, the running back for Virginia Tech, questionable. Uh, Demi Simo, uh, Sumo for the running back for NC State. He didn't play last game. Treshawn Ward for Florida State didn't play last game. So long list of players to keep an eye on going into the week nine matchups this week. And really that's going to do it, uh, get in and out of the ACC like that. Let's get into the Big 12 where I did make a note of a few games here in the Big 12 and really just TCU at West Virginia and a lot of that for the reason that there's a little bit more clarity in the West Virginia running back situation. Now, I know C.J. Donaldson didn't look like the old C.J. Donaldson before he was injured, but Mathis, the running back for West Virginia, is going to, Tony Mathis is going to, he's not, he's already been um, reported to be out this week. So that makes things look better for touches for C.J. Donaldson and Johnson this week in that West Virginia backfield in that matchup against TCU. Oklahoma State going on the road playing at Kansas State. And what's, you know, the reason why I mentioned this matchup here, you've got Braden Johnson, Oklahoma State. He did not play last game. Adrian Martinez left last game with an injury. Will Howard, he left last game with an injury. What I'm what I'm hearing is that Will Howard probably likely to go if Adrian Martinez is not. So I feel that Howard is a little bit closer to playing than Adrian Martinez would be. And I even think Deuce Vaughn got a little nicked up, left for a little bit, and came back into that game as well. Uh, I want to mention the Baylor at Texas Tech game because, of course, um, last week we had the big quarterback projections for for Baron Morton, he, you know, the projection was is that he was going to be in there and start and play the whole game and not really split reps. The game got out of hand. We did see Donovan Smith there at the end when when the game was out of hand. There's some talk that Tyler Shug is ready to play, but I'm going to kind of stand up on that hill again and wave the flag for Baron Morton as long as he's putting up the numbers and Texas Tech's performing the way that they are. I don't think you're going to see Donovan Smith or Tyler Shug. I think it's Baron Morton's show to run as long as they continue to look as they did last week. 
I think for you guys holding on to Texas Tech players, what concerns you a little bit more right now is the owners of Xavier White and Miles Price. How does Miles Price's return affect Xavier White? Well, here's my thought. You know, I'm looking at it in the same lens that I'm looking at the Baron Morton situation at quarterback. As long as Xavier White has that chemistry with Baron Morton and the quarterbacks when he's in the game, I don't see how Miles Price comes in and throws up those type of numbers. I think you've got to leave Xavier White alone. That offense looked too good last week, and I think Miles Price plays, but I don't think he's going to affect Xavier White that much. And so I do think you have to start Xavier White with confidence this week. Rounding out the Big 12, uh, Marcus Major for Oklahoma. He did, Oklahoma, he did not play last game. And we mentioned Miles Price. It looks like J.J. Sparkman. He didn't play last game. He may be back. And I mentioned the situation over at West Virginia already. So let's go into the Pac-12. I'll save the Big 10 and the SEC for last since they have the bigger matchups. And let's go over into the Pac-12 this week where I made a note on a couple of games, particularly the Utah at Washington State game. Why do I reference this game? Because what we're looking at now is a situation where Cameron Rising may be the best running back when it comes to scoring rushing touchdowns on the team. He has scored a rushing touchdown in three straight games. He has totaled six rushing touchdowns in the last three games. And all of a sudden now, Cameron Rising is making players like Tavion Thomas almost obsolete in some fantasy leagues. And so that was an interesting dynamic to watch play out over the last three weeks. But now Cameron Risen's emergence has really left Tavian Thomas's fantasy owners left holding the stick there on the sideline. Oregon at Cal. Why do I mention this? Oregon's playing so well. Really nothing to add in regards to the Ducks. But Jaden Ott, who really had some good performances earlier in the year, it's just too hot a cold. You know, I talked about this with a few players throughout the year. You know, the up and down, the inconsistencies. And so for right now, for me, Jaden Ott is not a start because after last week's performance, and, and and look, I don't know if he's banged up. Maybe we get some news. I don't think he is. I just think that there's just inconsistent performances. And as you get down the stretch in your fantasy leagues, as you need to win games, you're almost looking for more consistency than you're looking for anything else. If you're looking for that boom or bust, high risk, high reward player, it's going to be more so in those, you know, flex spots, you know, guys that you need to take a chance on. But right now, Jaden Ott, for me, too inconsistent. I'm staying away from him. USC playing at Arizona. Why is that important? Jordan Addison, obviously banged up, questionable, listed as day to day. I saw the injury, saw the video of it. It didn't look great, but then again, I'm not really sure how he's moving around at practice. I just would be really careful with Jordan Addison. You've got to have a backup plan this week if you've got him at wide receiver. Uh, but that bodes well. If he doesn't go, it really looks good for if you have Mario Williams as well. And then in regards to another matchup within the Pac-12, Arizona State playing at Colorado. And so I think if you have running back Zazabian Valade, I think you can expect a big week from him this week. So that's really going to talk and touch on the big 12 notes that I have here. So let's go into the big 10 where, you know, really the big 10 comes down to this week, Ohio state playing at Penn state. When I look at the injuries, let's go through that. And then we'll talk about the matchups, right? So when we're looking at Oh, the only other thing I want to mention in regards to the Pac-12, Jeremiah Hunter 
The wide receiver for Cal did not play last game. I think he'll be back this week. So if you have him, he's a possible solid play this week uh, in, in their matchup. But anyway, really, let's get back into the Big Ten. Let's talk about injuries real quick where the list isn't that long. Tanner Morgan, quarterback for Minnesota, did not play last game. I would, I would, I'm hopeful that he's back this week. There's, you know, not that it really matters, but it looks like there's debate on who might be starting at quarterback for Iowa. And I feel like we've, you know, we, we saw that last year. We did, we know how that played out. And then obviously Josh McCray running back for Illinois. There's, there's talk of him returning this week. And so we'll see, he adds more depth to that Illinois backfield, but let's talk about Ohio state and Penn state, because I have some thoughts and I mentioned this on my notes and observations is that with Jackson Smith and Jigba right now, that first of all, that offense for Ohio State, whether or not they've really been tested by another defense for, you know, that that's debatable. Well, I think that'll happen at least this week in some some regards, because you're going to get a hostile environment environment at Penn State. It's going to be one of the bigger games of the week. Great test for that Ohio State offense. But the way that I'm looking at it right now, you've got Marvin Harrison, Emeka Egbuka, and you've got um, um, Julian Fleming, right? The way that they're playing right now, it almost feels like Jackson Smith and Jigba would be a force fit. Like, I, I really love the way that Ohio State looks on offense. It's just really unfortunate that Jackson Smith and Jigba isn't a major part of that. Now, I'm not going to say that he's not talented. I'm not going to say he's not the best receiver on the team. But with the chemistry that Ohio State has right now, I don't know if you necessarily just force fit him into the offense. And so we're looking at the pretty much the consensus preseason number one wide receiver in the country in Jackson Smith and Jigba for Ohio State, maybe only getting three to four catches in a game like this. Now, We'll see how it plays out. You know, Ohio State really hasn't been tested. Maybe they need him much more in this matchup than they needed him anywhere else. Maybe they've been keeping him on a snap count for a reason. But, boy, I really love the way that Egbuka and Harrison and Fleming, the way that they're looking, they're, you know, the way that they're playing and the way that they're producing. I just don't know how you can start right now, Jackson Smith and Jigba, with any confidence right now until we actually see him play. And while I'm talking about the Ohio State receivers, let's go at the running backs for a minute too, because Trevion Henderson, look, he was he was a top two, three preseason running back, and then all of a sudden he gets a little banged up. Mayan Williams, personally, in my opinion, if I had to have one of the two for this year, I would prefer to have Mayan Williams right now. The one thing that hurts fantasy owners is that Mayan Williams and Trevion Henderson both seem to be healthy right now when they're both going to play. And I feel that as long as both of them are healthy, they both should play. They've both looked really good, but, but each one of them playing really cuts into the other's fantasy production. And so now what you're left with is, you know, you're looking at maybe 75 yards and a touchdown being a good week for these guys. Whereas if one guy had, you know, the 75% carry share, you know, rush attempt share in the backfield, you'd be looking at 150 and maybe two touchdowns. So really, Ohio State's depth is really in some aspects hurting some fantasy owners right now, particularly the ones that have Jackson Smith and Jigba or the ones that have part 
of that Ohio State backfield. And so I just wanted to elaborate a little bit and put some color and context to some of the comments that I made in my week eight notes and observations. And then we'll end over in the SEC. Uh, for, for Well, let's just say for that matchup, Ohio State at Penn State, I think Ohio State's going to win that game. I, 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 you know, 15 and a half is a lot of points on the road. It's an early game. Um, if that was a night game, I'd, I'd say a little bit more Penn State. But um, I, I, I still think Penn State can find a way to cover in that matchup. But, boy, the problem is, is can they score enough points? Because I just feel that Ohio State has too much talent to run on the field. And I feel that they'll pull away late and possibly get that late cover. But I think it's going to be closer than what people think, at least for a little while. Then we go over to the SEC. When we look at injury notes over in the SEC, Kendall Milton did not play last game running back for Georgia. Cedric Tillman, is he going to come back this week? He'll only make the Tennessee offense that much better. How much will he affect Jalen Hyatt? I don't think it's going to really affect him that much. Jalen Hyatt is now established in that Tennessee passing game and really has chemistry with Hendon Hooker. But boy, Cedric Tillman on the outside can be dangerous, will be dangerous in that offense as he has been. It's only going to make them that much better. Tavion Robinson, the receiver for Kentucky, he did not play last game. He's on the depth chart this week, so I feel pretty confident that he'll play in that big matchup against Tennessee. And then the one player that that really big, you know, Zach Evans running back for Ole Miss, did not play last week. He's the guy right now that I cannot find much injury news on. Um, I thought I saw maybe where it was maybe a knee got banged up, but I'm not sure. He's the one guy that I really don't have any clarity on right now. And of course, Quinshaw Judkins, the freshman, is just having an absolute monster year. And if Evans can't go against Texas A&M, I mean, look, Judkins is a must-start every week at this point anyway. He's punching damn near two touchdowns in every week. So, But I know you owners have to kind of see what's going on with Zach Evans, so we have to pay attention right there. But let's get back to that Kentucky at Tennessee matchup. Look, nothing's really going to surprise us in this matchup other than the fact that you have one of the faster paced offenses in the FBS playing one of the slower paced offenses in the FBS in Kentucky. And really what we're looking at here is just a game contrasting in styles. And so what it comes down to is that if Tennessee can really establish tempo and establish rhythm, then I think you're going to see the Tennessee offense that's been firing on all cylinders all throughout the year up until this point. The game is at home. That's an advantage to Tennessee as well. However, however, I do coming off that win against Alabama a couple of weeks ago, Tennessee looked really good. But the one thing that you have to realize is that they were a play or two or a call or two away from losing that game. You know, if not for that, you know, debatable pass interference call that drive doesn't get kept you know that drive doesn't stay alive and then you know we could be looking at Alabama you know walking out of Knoxville with a win could have would have should have the reason why I say that is I think Kentucky may be able to slow the tempo down enough and if so really kind of throw off the rhythm of that Tennessee offense I think Tennessee wins this game but I think it's going to be closer than what most people think. I don't know if Tennessee's defense has really proven to show that they can shut anyone down. And I think Tennessee can keep this close for a while. Who knows? We'll see. I'm not sitting any of my Tennessee players. That's for sure. But my my call is for Tennessee to win a close win and Kentucky to get the cover in the SEC. 
So that's going to take care of the entire FBS. Look, I'm off. I'm always, you know, that that's going to do it for the show. I'm available. I've got a lot of time now this week to really address some emails. If you guys want to shoot me a list of like best available in your league and who I would take for, and, and I'll kind of give you a, a who and why behind that. This is a great week to get in touch with me. A lot of time now between, you know, you know, here getting the projections up. I'll get this show uploaded. Mike's got all of his DFS content and really the projections will be ready to rock and roll. So we'll have everything for you guys on time this week. Uh, you know, the one thing I'm trying to do is trying to get ahead of the schedule. I know we're going to try to get ahead of the schedule again for next week. Just a lot of things going on. Real busy week at the CFF site as we get into the home stretch of the college fantasy football season, at least the college fantasy football home stretch for the regular season before you get started in the playoffs. And before you know it, guys, Thanksgiving's going to be here and that week 13 is going to be upon us and you're going to be playing for some championships in your league. But we've got to get there first. So that's going to do it for week nine. When we talk next week, the games are even going to be that much more important. We won't have the number of buys next week as we have this week. But that's going to do it for this week's show. Let's try to get this uploaded, get it on the site, get in touch with me. Any questions, send them on in. Let's get a win this week. Good luck to everyone in week nine. I'll talk to you in week 10 for the week nine show and the CFF site. My name is Joe DeSalvo, the voice of the CFF site. I'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.